Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Iron Kingdom. Iron Kingdom is from Canada. This band has released Blood of Creation. This creation is a must to get. It is everything a metal fan needs, and more. And here is my interview with Iron Kingdom. Doing great. I wanted to thank you guys for taking time to speak with me today. Oh, thank you, man. For sure. I wanted to know if you could speak on the recording process for Blood of Creation. Yeah, absolutely. I can uh, I can hit us off if you'd like there. Um, so this was uh, Blood of Creation was my first my first full recording with this band, and it was pretty unique in that basically we started the writing process when COVID was going on. So mm-hmm. we had we had no shortage of time. We didn't ha- we didn't set a deadline to meet, so it was pretty it was a pretty uh, relaxed atmosphere, like as far as the recording process itself. But of course, we're mm-hmm. also all experiencing some pretty life changing stuff. You know, oh, like sure. we weren't able to work at some of our similar jobs. I was actually I came over from overseas. I was working abroad, and I needed to stop that. And, um, so yeah, it was a pretty interesting, you know, just from an individual level going through some life stuff. And, uh, we ended up writing a pretty dark album, at least from my perspective. And, uh, you know, I think other members would agree that it's, yeah, it's it's a darker approach than some of our other stuff. That's been a bit more, I don't know. I don't know if upbeat's the word, but, um, yeah, I think the album reflects some of the darker, uh, darker aspects of like what the whole world went through during mm-hmm. the lockdowns and the subsequent kind of changes to society that we were all just kind of going through together. But as far as like the music itself, um, it felt really organic when I first met the guys. And um, yeah, like we, we began the writing process right off the bat. Like we weren't really like getting ready for, for a show or anything. So we didn't have that um, kind of weighing over us, you know, some, some bands and then you know us at some point um at certain points in time you know one you're working on your tight 45 minute on and off set and then if you have time on the side you're also working on you know building your material and writing sure whereas we didn't have we didn't have to worry about that so it was you know we were all focused on you know putting a bunch of time into the album together this is the longest we've ever worked on an album um some albums we wrote you know, in like a month and then just put them out. So we actually like overwrote this album kind of thing, uh, wrote more songs than we needed. Uh, so, so we could pick kind of the ones that, that worked mm-hmm. the best together or, or felt the strongest. And then um, even the recording process was the most dragged out that it's, that we've ever done. Um, we started recording the drums in March, 2021, I guess. Yep. Um, and then we didn't really finish all of the recording till beginning of this year. So, you know, we were working on it for almost a year, uh, recording. Wise. Well, the hard work really shows. Cause like I said, this is to me, one of the top 10 albums of the year. Oh, that's amazing that. to hear, man. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of hard work went into it for sure. Um, we, and like, we really wanted to make sure that we were happy with the songs and um, we lived with them for a while. Cause you know, it's, 
mm-hmm. it's very easy to go back, especially after a couple of years and listen to a, a previous album and be like, oh, we kind of messed up here. Or like, you know, this should have been a little shorter or a little longer or, you know, this doesn't work quite as well as we wanted it to or, or whatever. Right. Right. Um, whereas uh, I feel like in the future, there's going to be less of those moments on this. I mean, it, going to be something in hindsight oh we should have done this or oh we should have done that but um because we spent so much time with this one i think we we really got it to a level where we were all really happy with it yeah i think the last kind of leg of the journey was we were all just kind of tinkering with some really small ideas you know just like Mm -hmm. adding a few things even just changing mix volumes for certain things to try to see if we can add a bit of presence and oomph to certain you know parts we wanted to stand out versus you know i can totally imagine bands just being like you know writing or like really you know finishing big chunks of songs you know right near the end of the of the deadline so i'm really glad we you know we had the grace to to do that there's always right. going to be things you can come back and be like, oh, well, what if we did this? But eventually it gets to the point where, like, you just got to let it let it sit and solidify and just become a moment in time that you, that you end up, you know. I also wanted to ask you guys if you could speak on the Tim Primordial. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that one was really fun. Uh that kind of it came out of a jam that Chris Megan and I had, uh, and then uh, we just kind of came up with a little bit of it. And then actually, Tides of Desolation, we were trying to put it as like an in, like as the beginning of uh, Primordial. And then after a while, we we decided it wasn't quite working right next to each other. So we broke it in half and then put Tides of Desolation at the beginning of the album. uh, And then Primordial going into Blood of Creation. Um, But no, it's it's a it's a cool track. I really like it. I'm really happy with my my baseline on it. Uh, It's really fun to play. Yeah, I think it rendered itself great live. Yeah, it was it was really fun to play live. Uh, we just did when we did the the CD release thing for it. Uh, we played the whole album front to back in order, which was a, a bit of a challenge to put on our stage show. Like, and mm-hmm. you know, do do the things that we're kind of we become known for, and the energy and the crowd interaction and everything, and and play an album that's maybe a little more technical than uh, the ones like our, our previous ones. Uh, but I, I think it came out really well. The, the crowd really loved it. And Sheath the Sword is another one of my favorites off the track. It's awesome. just a great song, yeah. top, front to back. That one was uh, also really fun to write. And I had a bit of a challenge with the lyrics because uh, it's based on the uh, a, a specific scene from the book series, uh, uh, Wheel of Time. And it's, it's right at the end. And Max and Chris are both reading the series. So I had to write the lyrics in a way that I wasn't going to spoil anything <laughs> uh, for them. And then there was a couple times where, like, um, Chris kind of questioned me on the lyrics. He was like, oh, you know, I don't I don't know about this. Or is there a different way we could say this or, or whatever? And I was just like, no, man, you have to trust me. I can't explain why it needs to be like this, but 
like you know it's it's got to be this there's mm-hmm. I'll, I'll explain it to you someday kind of thing and then you're just <laughs> like okay you know and I, I i really like it um and it was the only song off the album that we played live before we released it and we could tell right away um when we started playing it in front of people that like you know it, it was uh as cool as we wanted it to be thought it was gonna be uh the reaction was was uh was really good right uh, right off the bat yeah it was really really a good um i think it's a good introduction to to the album um you know kind of gives you a little bit you know tides of desolation kind of just kind of gets you a little warmed up and buttered up but you know once sheep the sword um gets rolling it kind of sets the yeah. energy level kind of kind of sets the sets the tone for the album which i like a lot yeah we come in just full power all guns blazing mm-hmm. basically rip a speed metal song right away what would you say were the most challenging tracks for you guys oh blood of creation i mean that one's just such a doozy you know i'm purely just for sure because of the length right like mm-hmm. um sheath the sword is a um it's a it's a finicky one to open with i really need to make sure i'm warmed up on my drum set but like Uh um yeah blood of creation definitely took the longest to come together with like as a group just because you know it's sections and sections so you know you chop it into a couple different songs if you want to think of it that way and yet there's no rests in between there's no um none of us take any time off on that album like there are a few instrumental you know, big, like, 15-minute song things that groups do, but, like, I don't know, even just speaking for myself as a drummer, sometimes you just, like, let a section go, and there's no drums for a bit, and you have yourself a drink of water and wipe your right. wipe your brow off with a towel. We just never ended up doing any of that, I don't think. Yeah, so the closest like we get no is, breaks. like, I'll drop to, like, quarter notes sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like or maybe there's a whole note every once in a while but it's like it's not really even a, a break yeah. um it's a unique song then, too like i don't think we i don't think we planned to write an epic when we were starting to just when that song started coming together like some of the times when you want to have like this big grandiose idea you kind of like know it from the get-go like okay we're writing a big epic thing here so let's start with themes let's start with this that and the other thing but let of Creation, I think it was kind of tied into the primordial tides of desolation. There were all these kind of recurring themes going on in all three of, you know, what ended up becoming all three of these tracks. Mm. And it ended up just kind of like it grew with the telling and with the writing process. And we're like, God, like, where are we? We're up to seven or eight minutes. We haven't repeated ourselves yet. Like, oh, okay. I think like, there, was, there was a little bit of a de- desire to write an epic, at least on, like, I think mine and Chris's part. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, it had been a couple albums since we had written one. It certainly turned into, you know, we certainly like it, it turned into writing an epic eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that one yeah, but like, a lot of rearranging and a lot of like reworking parts and then a lot of just adding and adding and adding and adding. And then, then we had to make it smooth. And then even like some of the, like the, the end bit um, where Megan's kind of soloing, um, you know, there's like the bass kind of really progresses and stuff. Uh, when we were recording that, there was a, a bunch of time where it was like, all right, um, 
you know, Chris, Megan, and I sat down and we're like, okay, what exactly are you playing? What exactly, you know, and mm-hmm. we, we really like hammered it out in the studio to make sure that it was like kind of the best it could be. Um, you know, and that we weren't stepping on each other's toes kind of thing. Um, no, it's definitely, it's, it's one of my favorite songs. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a challenge to fit in a set. Sure. Uh, but it's going to be really fun. And I, I think it's going to be one of those songs that, like, I like playing longer sets so that we can uh, bring out some of those. Mm-hmm. songs like i still have a i have a dream of one day we'll play a 45 minute set of just epics like <laughs> montezuma egypt blood of creation mm-hmm. and that's it and then obviously like the songs that go with it primordial lord of the twilight and stuff like that but um just just play long form songs and you know screw taking breaks and talking to the crowd mm-hmm. uh when um when we did our Western Canada tour um, earlier of this year, we had the privilege for quite a few of the shows to just have a fully extended set that was just we were. Oh, excellent! Yeah, and like uh, when we go up north uh, into like the Yukon and into northern BC, we can't always find people to play with, so we'll play for like three hours, like or you know three three 45 minute sets something like that we kind of do the bar band thing but with just mm-hmm. all of our music uh and it's it's some of my favorite uh, stuff to do i also wanted to ask you guys if you could speak on the al mart work and the artist that was involved yeah for sure uh so alan lathwell um has been our artist for the last three albums so he did uh, ride for glory on the hunt and and this one and i i love working with them because we didn't go into this with like oh we're gonna call the album blood of creation and we want artwork based on it um we like i wrote up like a a little thing of like from all the songs we had written so we hadn't even figured out which al- which songs were going to be on this album yet mm-hmm. and, and then we just sent them that and we were like, uh, kind of, what speaks to you? And he was like, oh, I really like this Blood of Creation one. And then he sent us that back. And, like, immediately I was just like, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then there was a little bit of a, because it's, it's quite a bit darker than anything we had done before. So there was a little bit of a question of, like, were we going to actually go in that direction? And I was, like, from day one, I was just like, no, we need to buy the Like, this needs to be it. This is exactly, like, this is perfect. Um, and then, so we ended up getting, uh, a second piece of artwork made and it's, it's, uh, under the disc or on the disc or whatever. Um, yeah, on the disc. Uh, so same, same artist, uh, Alan Lothwell and, and he's done the same thing. He did the same thing for Rod for Glory. We just sent him a track list and then he, he did up the artwork and then on the hunt was a little bit, you know. We kind of gave him a little bit more direction for that one, but he's uh he's great to work with, super talented, really quick, um, and just his art is incredible. It is. I also want like, to add. Oh, go yeah. ahead. Oh, I I really like it because it you know it's the the because the bloody creation is all about the Mesopotamian creation myth, right? And so. 
kind of at the end, uh, the god Anki like rips the dragon's body apart, rips Tiamat's mm-hmm. body apart, and and creates the heavens and the earth. So I I love how he's like holding the the head above his above his head, mm-hmm. and there's the blood dripping down, and then it kind of turns into lava on the bottom, which is like you know where where the earth comes from. Sure. And then up top, you get all the like it looks like a nebula kind of thing, which is where the stars come from, and like. The way he kind of just put that stuff in the background, you know, like like he's literally creating the heavens and the earth. It's uh, I I really like it. Uh, I can't stop looking at it sometimes. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, so uh, what do you feel is the key to longevity in the business? Uh, that. That's a good one. Um, not being satisfied, I think. Because, uh, like, in 2017, uh, we had half the band leave. Mm-hmm. It was just me and Chris. And so we had a, a couple pretty long conversations about what we were going to do. Um, whether we keep looking for people or, or whether we just kind of pack it in. You know, and, and at that point, we've been doing it for six years. Right. And and we both agreed that we just, we hadn't done everything we thought we wanted to do yet. Like, we still had something inside of us that needed to come out. We hadn't written all the music mm-hmm. that, that we thought we were capable of. We hadn't said all the things that we wanted to. Um, you know, and I, I think if it had been a little different and we had kind of been content uh we would have just we would just packed it in then um but now i mean we've been doing this for 11 years and we're still not satisfied you know (laughs) we're uh we're already you know kind of looking at the next one Mm. you know what i mean like so i i think that's that's kind of the key because touring is fun uh in a lot of ways and I love it, um, but at the same time, it also kind of sucks. <laughs> There's a certain amount sure. of just like misery that you have to go through, uh, and and a little bit of like soul crushing moments and stuff. Uh, really high highs and really low lows. Um, but you know, and right now touring is madness because it costs so much to go somewhere. Yeah, fuel prices are really killer right now. Yeah, uh, especially yeah. where we live. Um, we have a really high cost of living here, uh, which can make it very difficult. Um, but yeah, you, you just like you gotta love it, and you gotta just not be willing to settle. I think, and and that's um, that's how you can kind of stick it out. Yeah, I think you gotta make sure you're not ever satisfied, and you gotta. You got to make sure it's you have to make it something you want to do in your mind. Right. Like mm-hmm. some people say like, oh, well, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. But I, I don't res- that doesn't resonate with me because like you need to put in hard work for if sure. you want to earn something. Right. So you need to make sure it's in the mindset that like, no, this is what I want to do. And it's the end goal that we want. Like we want to make sure that we have done stuff like, you know, being a fully independent group that's released their own material at the same quality as any other band 
and that mm-hmm. we have toured and that like, you know, we can do it ourselves, you know, and that like we can like, you know, make high quality material and sell high quality merchandise and, you know, give the fans what they want. Right. You got to make sure it's uh, you're willing to put into work the work to make that happen. So like when I was Absolutely. auditioning for the band, you know, they, they had been a longstanding band, like as Layton said, you know, we're in their 11th year now. So that was one of the very attractive things that, you know, I got in my first impression, you know, there's a lot of bands out there and some of them are, you know, they jam so that they can hang out and drink beers and shoot the shit. Or there are some that, you know, they really have that ambition and you can tell that like they've got the ambition, right. they've got the structure, they've got the know-how, they've got the experience. So yeah, that was a we really, still hang really out cool and drink thing beers. to kind of get involved with, you know. And I also wanted to ask you, um, what bands influenced you guys musically? Uh, I mean, there's the obvious ones. Uh, Iron Maiden, a Jews Priest. Mm. Um, but I know, like, Hammerfall. Uh, Blind Guardian. Rush. Blind Guardian's a big one. Um, at least for some of us, if not all of us. <laughs> uh, Middle of Road pretty big influence um riot a sabotage uh yeah i don't there's it's a it's a big list and then there's and those are just the ones that kind of three or more members share um then there's the ones that we all bring personally um you know and they're a little more unique to us and like as individuals and um add a certain flavor uh and not all of them are metal which is cool because then you know there's those little hints of of other stuff that comes in yeah chris is a chris is a pretty kind of straight down the road you know traditional heavy metal a new wave of traditional heavy metal you know he's all about that and uh you know he's he's pretty free about he's like i'm not huge on the new stuff you know whereas Megan and myself, like, you know, we're, we dabble in a little bit more of like heavier, like death metal, black metal, those kinds of things too. As do I. Yeah. As does Layton. And, um, I, uh, you know, I'm big on traditional heavy metal and stuff. I like lots of modern stuff too, though. Like I'm into lots of the prog groups that are just like, you know, adding a bunch of math into their new stuff and it doesn't necessarily need to, not a whole lot of it needs to come through when you're doing something like iron kingdom where you kind of know very much what you're bringing and what you want to accomplish with it. But at the same time, you know, you can't help but have a lot of your own influences. So myself as a drummer, I'm trying to, you know, find the balance between making sure, you know, I'm a student of the craft and a student of the genre and, you know, that, but then also, you know, you can't help but make music in 2022. Right. So there's going to be some modern, aspects to some ideas that you end up bringing to the table i wanted to ask you each how did your musical journey begin at what age did you guys start playing Uh, yeah go ahead max oh sure um i started right around like early teenage years was 12 13 and stuff i i definitely had some rhythm <clears throat> didn't really know what to do with it i like my mom put me in hip-hop and i was good at dancing but didn't really like it and then when i discovered drumming it, it fit a lot better with my personality and just that it was immediately what i gravitated towards so 
I started with like <clears throat> playing Sound 41 and Blink 182 and like mm-hmm. Muse. And then, you know, and then it started with like some of the heavier bands that kind of got me more into the metal stuff. Like it started with like Wild Rush and then Tool and like Lamb of God, Dragon Force. And then all of a sudden, you kind of take the deep dive into the older stuff, you know, you know, all the kind of rock and metal adjunct um, kind of things, you know, like Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. um, Boston, Journey, uh, you know, Dio, all that kind of stuff started kind of coming in there as well. But yeah, that, that was my teenage years. So yeah, I did a whole lot of playing. I had uh, I was not very social in high school, but we also we had a really, really big music department in my high school. And uh, I, I spent a lot of time just focusing on music in my teenage years. Uh, I started playing when I was like 15. Um, and incidentally, like, I mean, I went to high school with Chris. So okay. I think I'd only been I only had like a base for like two months when he came up to me at school and was like, Yo, I heard you play bass. Uh, and then he, he handed me a sheet of tab for one of like the early, early songs. And he was like, uh, can you play this? And I looked at it and I was like, yes. And he's like, do you want to take it home and try it? And I was like, no, I can play that. And then that's that's pretty much when we started playing <laughs> together. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think we were like 14, 15, something like that. Uh, and then... Yeah, that's pretty. I've pretty much just played bass. Uh, I've owned a drum set. I've owned a couple like hand drums. Uh, I own two acoustic guitars that I don't really know how to play. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a bass player through and through. And if you guys could pick your proudest moments as to date, what would it be musically? Hmm. Mm. Um, I'll pick kind of a selfish one for me. And it was actually just a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, just having the chance to do uh, a full recording, you know, that was authentically me that I'd written with these guys. Um, it's definitely got a pretty special place in my heart, you know, then the CD release show was super successful, you know, played a sold out show at the wise hall. So, uh, heck of a good start, you know, and, um, it's really fun to, and it's really, you know, it's its own undertaking to be a drummer, you know, coming in and, you know, doing your, putting a bit of your own spin on, you know, already written material. Sure. Uh, but, you know, it's a different kind of category when it's, you know, it's your own stuff that you've written with a group, right? So for me, being able to play Blood of Creation live, finally, you know, after all this work kind of without the public seeing it, that was really, really special for me. So, yeah, so for me, it's our sold out uh, CD release show at the Wise Hall. I'd, I'd probably pick the same moment, to be completely honest, because, like, we've been doing this for a number of years uh, here in Vancouver, and this was, like, our first sold-out show where it was our show. We've played sold-out festivals before, but not, mm-hmm. uh, like, and headlined them, but not sold-out the show because we were playing kind of thing. Mm. Um, and so, like, that was awesome. And the crowd was made up of people that were in bands that we played with coming up, you know, uh, years ago. And I hadn't seen them in years. Uh, and so, like, it, it was 
it was really cool and like the place was packed the crowd was awesome and it was just like it was an awesome moment you know nowhere near the biggest crowd i've ever played but um even when we played keep it true like the band is leaps and bounds so far ahead of where we were when we played keep it true that like even though that's the biggest crowd i've ever played that's not you know the greatest moment anymore Mm -hmm. because we're we're so much more mature and we're so much you know this is this is great it was seeing the culmination of all these years of hard work um and really feeling the love from from people that we've known for years mm-hmm. uh, yeah it was it was really spectacular and we got to do like you know we got to act like like this big band for for a night um which is really cool you know we had the drum riser where we left the uh, like left the drums up and stuff so we just got got to walk on and make sure our shit worked and then we started playing like you know it it was it was a really cool moment yeah and i think you're gonna have a lot more of them because this album is very very (laughs) strong oh thanks so much uh thank you i I hope so I, i hope it does something because we put so much of ourselves into it that i hope um people appreciate it uh and that they can get something out of it um i know personally like my like my level kind of thing however you want to say that like i feel like my playing is the best it's been on this album like better than in any of the other ones um so i'm i'm really proud of my performance on it so i i hope people enjoy it i hope people get something out of it um and you know it people find meaning uh or whatever yeah i know the, i know the bands that have all the fans that have already been following iron kingdom i'm sure they're gonna love it but i mm. think this is gonna be a good one for you know growing and reaching out and finding new people and stuff so yeah very very proud absolutely of and if if i was a new band and i came to you guys and i said uh Hey, can you give me some advice to take with me along this journey? What would you tell me? Mm. Uh, don't give up and don't take it personally. Mm, I like that. Uh, because there's, there's going to be a lot of moments that suck. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of disappointment. Uh, but it's not the end if you don't let it be the end and mm-hmm. it's nothing against you, you know, you putting in a band, like being in a band is a lot of hard work. And, you know, I know people kind of act like musicians all just fuck around or something, but, uh, you got to put in a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of things go into it. And when you don't get, uh, the return that you wanted on that, it can be really hard. Or, you know, when you get reviews that, kind of pan you it can be really hard not to internalize that um but it's just it's nothing it's nothing personal or not you know it's nothing against you uh you just got to kind of keep going um yeah and yeah you gotta be you because uh yeah you know authenticity shows through sure yeah if you're that's one thing yeah if you try to emulate someone else it's gonna show well, if you're if you're disingenuous, then 
I don't know, you might get views, but you, I don't know if you'll get, you know, lasting retention, right? The authenticity really mm. goes a long way. Yeah. Like, you know, there's there's bands that are kind of ahead of us that are younger than us, you know, haven't been around for as long. Um, and that's like, that's good for them. Like, it's really good. Uh, I'm glad to see it. Um, but I think we're doing this like slow build thing that uh, it's going to take a longer road, but, you know, we'll be around for a long time. Uh, I maybe agree. Longer than than the ones that are bigger than us at the moment or or whatever, especially if we can keep this lineup together and we don't need to go find another drummer, Max, you know. Hey, provided so, I don't spontaneously combust, I think we'll be okay. Or die in a freak gardening accident. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've joked for a long time that we're we're basically spinal tap. Because uh, every year and a half, we seem to be looking for another drummer. So. I also wanted to ask uh, you guys, what's the best way to get merchandise? Uh, so we have our own store on our website, and you buy directly from us. Excellent. Um, and that's at uh, Iron King, iron-kingdom.com. Um, so you can find everything that we have available for sale on there, and we will ship directly to you. Yep, that's the best way to support the band. That's direct from us because yeah, we're independent. Right. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to make sure we branch out and reach out, and, and um, you know, we're working on getting our CDs onto, onto shelves and, you know, in stores around the world and stuff. And uh, that's one way to help us as well, too. Uh, we're going to try to get our, uh, we're in the process of getting the album onto Amazon and stuff if people really need the convenience. But, um, you know, if you have the option of just going on to Amazon versus just the Iron Kingdom store, the Iron Kingdom store is going to be the one to do it. Uh, that's always the that's best way to support the band the is just, you know, direct without a middleman. So. Sure. For a live show, it's definitely, you know, come to the show and, you know, just be there, be part of it and, you know, <clears throat> come to the merchandise booth and, you know, get a little something if you want to. That's that's the best way to do it. And lastly, I wanted to ask you each, if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? Keep it steel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, we appreciate everything, the support throughout the years. Um, we uh, we love it. I mean, it wouldn't be possible to do anything if it wasn't for uh, for actually having fans that want to community. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's that's what we've always been. So what we've always kind of stood for. That's why we named the band Iron Kingdom. Um, yeah, I think. Uh... Metal fans are the most loyal fans on the planet. Hell yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I think, uh, metal hits differently than other forms of music. Sure. Uh, the connection that people feel to the artists. Um, and, and I really appreciate it. I wouldn't trade this for anything. Well, I wanted to thank you guys for taking time to speak with me. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, thanks so oh, much, Thank Robert. you very much. Thanks Appreciate for it. having us. And please feel free to update me when any new news comes about. Um, get any dates or anything. And definitely, if you hit the States, please let me know. For sure. Uh, we'll hit you up if we come to Ohio. Excellent. 
Well, you guys, person. absolutely, and uh, you guys have a great rest of your day, my friends. Yeah, take you care. Too, Thank Thanks you. for taking the time with us. All right, cheers. 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 I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.